right, Radio Impound Nation, we got a uh, we got a big one for today. Uh, uh, I, what else can I say? Legend of the sport, multi-time world and national champion, uh, none other than Brian Kinwald today. Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for giving us some time with you. No problem. Uh, so I guess we'll just start it off uh, the beginning. How, Brian, how did you how did you get into RC? You know, what age were you? First car, all that. You know, the the history. You know. Um. Well, I was about fifteen. A buddy of mine that lived across the street from me. They ended up getting a. I guess an RC10 or something to where that just kind of got all of our, our, our little group that we had in, you know, interested. And, uh, once we found out that there was a place that you could actually like go race, that was kind of the beginning, the beginning of my deal. What year was this about then? Uh, I want to say 88, probably 87, 88 when I first, kind of found out about, you know, started racing, really. Were you good right off the bat, or was it, did it take some time? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm always intrigued by these guys that are really good. Like, did it just come natural, like, instantly to you, or? I wouldn't, I'd say probably it was easier for me than most people, but obviously, you know, you don't just start out, like, you know, good, but I'd say it was more natural than, you know, most people. I mean, when did you sit there and say, man, I'm pretty damn good at this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I never had that feeling. I was like, always like, man, I pretty much suck at this. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. There had to be a time yeah. where you were like, man, I, I got this, man. Um, yeah, prob- probably a couple of years into it is when you, you know, at least when I realized like I was okay, you know. What was what was your fir- your first car, or yeah, I was gonna say your first like quality car, um, or both. Yeah, my well, my first my first car was actually pretty good. It was a I think it was a AYK Buffalo, which at mm-hmm. the time was like a lot better than uh you know than most the frog yeah. that I wanted. Uh, yeah, but once I started racing, I, I think the first car I actually raced was, was a, like an RC10 converted into a truck. It was right when monster trucks were like, kind of getting invented. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. The the first time I saw Brian race, I'm going to jump ahead. I was at the 1991 Winter Champs. And I think Associated brought him there for the first time, and uh, and I had I was I just started, so um, but I think Brian was there with his dad and uh, Cliff and all the guys from Associated. And I just remember that that his paint job just stuck out in my mind as being like so cool at the time with the blue drips, and this is when he was driving the Associated, so. It had no yellow, had the the blue drips in the center and the black in the back. And I just, the painted wing and uh, just the car, the way the car was set off, it just, to me, like, it had something a little extra at the time. And, um, and I didn't even know who he was, you know, but I just thought, I'm like, 
wow, this guy must be kind of, you know, really good at this. He's on his you game. Know? His but, car looks hot. Yeah, this thing looks cool, you know? And uh, and I, I don't know how old Brian was then, but that was 1991, so... But, I mean, and I watched him drive, and he was really good at that point, too. So, um, you could definitely see if he started in 87 or 88 by... I know by 1990 and 91, he looked like a badass to me. <laughs> yeah, it was no coincidence that his paint job was good, and he was also awesome. That was, you know what, that was one thing I uh, kind of wanted, not even a question, but just a comment, that, like the the, uh, the paint job, the, the classic, you know, the drips, and then one uh, added, the, like, the yellow blocks behind the drips. Now you see, I mean, everybody kind of took... The, the Kinwall look and, you know, kind of took that and went their own way, but it's like, you, you kind of started that whole scheme, really. That's my opinion, at least. So that's pretty, well, that's pretty iconic. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't my, I can't take credit for the scheme. <laughs> it was uh, Rick Velo. Okay. At, uh, I want to say, it had to be 90 89 or 90, but, uh, he, he had that scheme, different colors, um, when I started and one of the races he decided like he's going to flames or something through his body's in the trash. And <laughs> I just walked up and I'm like, Hey, you know, what's the deal? And, Oh, that looks stupid. And I'm over it. So I asked him, you know, can I copy that scheme? I'll change the colors. You know, don't worry, it won't look like yours. And he was, you know, he was cool with that, so that's how it started. Sweet. Uh, did, did you paint, did you paint the, your first body in that paint scheme, or did somebody else paint it for you? Um, no, I think I probably did it. I remember not too long ago, maybe it was like a, a month, month or two ago, Associate will always do the, well, not always, but they're pretty regular about posting something about throwback Thursday. You know, people submit like old old school like RC10 tub chassis cars. Somebody did like a a, a Kinwald replica, with, you know, the black the black tub chassis and the body, and it was like it was spot on from from the the world's car, and it looked pretty badass. But uh, yeah. yeah, I saw that and was like, damn, that, you know, they they did a hell of a job with the the replica on that. And nobody replicated my my body, that's for sure. <laughs> I tried to I tried to do the Kinwald body back on the world's car that that world's car I tried to do it myself and it was no disastrous. Didn't <laughs> turn out good. No, nah, no good. And plus, then I was like, you know, I had it done by somebody at the local hobby shop and they did a decent job on it. But then I had all that pressure because I was like riding around with something a car that looks like Kinwald, <laughs> and obviously I can't even come near his driving abilities. So I was like, man, I just I I gotta take that body off. <laughs> Maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah, it was bad. I wasn't representing you really well there, Brian. <laughs> like hmm. another thing I was thinking about is, I could just for people listening is I guess when you look at so far in Brian's career, he's been he was like associated at the beginning. Then he had the the mm -hmm. 1994, I think, till about um, into the, the mid the mid to late 2000s as a Losi driver, and then X Factory. And then back with Associated, right, Brian? Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of the 
the timeline over, like, how many years is that now? Is that over 20 years? Um, yeah, it's about 25. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, uh, when, when I was kind when I was out of, I was out of RC for many years, and then it was like, me and Gotti kind of, like, got back into it. Hey, let's check it out, blah, blah, blah. Live RC, you know, no, that's a pretty cool website, but when we first came back and started paying attention, like, oh, man, like, Kinwald's back at Run Associated, and, like, uh, Pavitas is running Losi and Fitava. It's like, oh, this is yeah. crazy. <laughs> like, our minds are blown here. That's funny. But the, the paint jobs remain the same. That was very cool. Like, kept, kept that scene alive, and, you know, you, it's iconic, and you, you know who, uh, you know, it's BK out there with that, that standout paint job. So my number one question that I wrote down here, not that it's my number one, but it was the first one I wrote down was for Brian was um, given that whole 25 year span plus what you have left, are you happy with your RC racing career? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, figure, you know. Is there anything that you haven't done that you wanted to do that you haven't done? Um, not really. I mean, I think, I don't know if you really, like, set goals in RC, you know, like, maybe, I don't know, say, like, NASCAR driver, like, you know, win at every track or something like that. Like, I never really, like, thought of, uh, you know, any certain races where I said, okay, you know, I really want to win this or do this. It kind of just, if it happens, it happens, but, um, I, yeah, I'm... I'm happy with, uh, you know, the races I've won and how it's gone. What What's your actual total for national championships? I, I forgot. I, I thought it was so big. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, lost count. Wow. No, I remember, like, a couple people like- knew the number, and I never really paid attention to it. I, I want to say it's in the the high 20s, maybe in the low 30s. I, I want to say that yeah. was the number that was bouncing around for a while. I'm willing to bet somebody that listens to our show knows that total dead on. Yeah. So if you're listening, if you're listening, post that on our Richard, Facebook page. Richard Trujillo knows the number. Oh. Okay. I know that. Nice. I'll, I'll ask him. But, you know, that's a combination between Roar and Norca Nationals, and you got to think there right. was multiple years where you won three classes each. So, you know, you could have won <laughs> yeah. ten, nine or ten in three years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I just went under zoominfo.com, that famous search site. <laughs> All right, never heard of it, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't really, it just says over 30 national titles. Doesn't give an exact number. All right. Well, I'd go, I'd go with whatever the highest number is if I was Brian. Yeah, I would. Thirty-eight. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going down my questions, and you guys can interject whenever. Have at it. Because now I'm curious. Um, the 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 Lucy Trinity days, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you miss the most about those particular days? Um. I don't know. I mean, all of the obvious, I guess. The most 
it was definitely more exciting back then as far as, say, we'll just say racers being out of control at races. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, like, going to a race was always an adventure because no one had really figured out that you can actually get in trouble for doing something <laughs> that you shouldn't. So, a lot more habit, I would say. Right. Yeah. So, hanging with the guys. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. A little That'd more rock and roll. Like, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you were, it was like a rock star status almost. You know, you got Francis Kinwald, when those guys showed up somewhere, it was just, I remember at the 96 Nationals, when I was at the 96 Nationals, you couldn't even get near Kinwald sometimes. There was just kids and, you know, just surrounding his pits, watching him wrench, whatever. It was very you know? like, I will, I'll put it like this, compared to like Jeremy McGrath days in, in Motocross Supercross. It's very much what it was like. Okay. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I've never seen anybody have an entourage like Brian. Brian brought the entourage all the time, and they, like, followed him. Mm -hmm. Um, And and a lot of these guys became good drivers, right, Brian? Even, like, people that started just being your buddies, like, you helped them, you know, who are some of the guys that you think were some of the fastest guys that were in your entourage, I guess? Um. Don't don't say Chad Phillips. Okay, I won't say Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's gonna love that one. Uh, I don't, there was there was a lot. I mean, maybe you know some were more more in the entourage than not. But as far as just like you know buddies that hung out, um, yeah, there was. Quite a few, you know. I mean, you could say guys like uh, Truy, Josh Newman. So Rab. Uh, I remember in a car action interview, you predicted Ryan Cavalieri to be the next up and coming driver. Yeah, I'm all. It's probably already getting beat by him by that time. But <laughs> he was, um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we always raced together and hung out. But I mean, I watched him from, you know. Being, gosh, I don't know, five years old, probably. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, in, in sports, when they, they have their, like, retired jerseys and stuff like that, would you say you're more of an associated or a Losey guy? That's a good one. Wow. Um, I guess it would probably be pretty equal. Mm. That, is, that is a tough one. Time-wise. Success uh, in both, you know, both... Both companies? Yeah, I don't... I would say it has That's a tough question. Well, if I probably was, won more more races with Losey. Right. Just because that mm-hmm. was more in the time frame of, you know, being good. But, um... Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. That, that's what... I mean, that's what sticks out to me. I mean, I... I would say... I would say Losey because of that, but... Um... Yes, it's just hard to say. And all those Trinity ads and whatnot. It was, it was, this was a funny, uh, uh, funny thing. Uh, February, this this one race up up a PA Motorama indoor race. Chris Bing comes. Looks like his first big race since he, you know, came back racing. And here, Chris Bing still has a 
a can of buggy blast with Brian Kinwald on the label. <laughs> he says he still has like a case of it or something in his house, but that was pretty pretty cool to see that you know Bing still has some yeah. Trinity gear with Kinwald on it. That was a <laughs> kind of a cool little throwback. Yeah. I talked to him a bit. He was he was supposed to come race cactus, I think. Oh yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, he was racing the uh he was racing the triple X buggy there for, for quite some time when he came back and you know, now he got he got the twenty two now and he's updated. He's he's in the now now. But yeah, it was co- it was cool to speak to uh speak to Bing and kinda like an old buddy. My next question. For Brian does do you think that you're famous on R C? Like how do you like I mean, to me when I see a lot of these guys at the track, everybody likes Brian. But do you think that you're famous? Oh, God. In, well, sure, in our in our little world. Right. Yeah. Like, anybody that's been, you know, in it for a certain amount of time, then, yeah, they're going to they're gonna know who I am, which pretty much, you know, explains that. But, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, in, yeah. I figure I've got pulled over twice and had two cops let me off because they knew who I was. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that, that says it all right there, right there, you know? I think it does. Here, let me show you my ID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the, uh, well, besides like, uh, where were we at, Gotti? We were at the 96 Nats and the, was it the 98 Nats in Chicago? But one of the, one of the only other times actually seeing Brian race live was when he came out to Family Hobbies in New Jersey that one year. And it was like, it was just another example of like that, you know, rock star status in, in the RC industry. Like, it was just craziness at Family Hobbies that weekend. Yeah, and Violent, yep. I remember it was you and Curtis Schlott came out that weekend. And it was just like, it was mayhem at that track because Kenwald was there racing. It was so cool. Yeah. I remember uh, Curtis Schlott gave me a SoCal Raceway hat. I was so pumped on that. It was just cool to see that, you know, mm. just just to have a you know a guy like Brian come out and just you know, hey, this is this is what that other coast is like. Uh, yeah, we're behind over in this East Coast. <laughs> it was awesome. So what what's different today versus you know the mid '90s when you were dominating with your Trinity low seat deal. Like, what do you see today um, when you're racing and at, like, the Cactus and stuff that's different from the old days? Um, probably the biggest, the biggest difference, I would say, is just the equipment, which, you know, in turn has made, made drivers drive differently. But nowadays, you don't, you don't necessarily have to know a lot about what you're doing to uh-huh. be able to go fast. Like equipment, you know, it's all pretty much the same. You can, you know, you buy a car sometimes already put together um, and you don't really have to know, you know, a lot about setup or how to work on it or tune it or, you know, it'll, it kind of just does it, does it itself. And yeah. They're, uh, 
everything now is just so much better that you could just worry about, you know, worry about your driving and you don't have to do so much work to the car. Yeah, I mean, could you think, like, how much practice you would have got in those days with brushless and lipo? I mean... Oh, yeah. Crazy. Easy. Like, now it's you could just go, you know, just practice, practice, practice. I mean, it was... That answer was dead on right there, you know? Yeah. It really pretty much... That was dead on, on Jason's question there, for sure. I mean, I went in club race on Saturday, and, you know, normally, you, you know, the, the, the building opens at 8, 8 a.m., and I didn't get there. I think they start racing at, like, 11. But I didn't get there until, like, 10.30. My battery was ready. I went out on the track and ran, like, almost 20 minutes straight with my battery. And... And I already had my race battery on the charger, and I glued up a set of tires for the first qualifier, and it was like, I was done. <laughs> and, you know, I got tons of practice. I mean, I ran like 20 minutes. Yeah. Brian, what would you say is the hardest thing uh, from, the, we were talking about the old technology compared to the newer. What's the hardest thing to adjust to, though, with the new technology? Um, I don't think really anything. I mean, if you were just coming into it now, it would you would never know the difference, so it would be easy. It would be even easier, I think, um, to you know making the switch. If you you know were racing back then, you you kind of just gradually you know I don't know accepted each new technology or whatever you want to call it. But as the cars got better, you know you could you just could drive harder and harder with it, you know. That's that's the biggest thing is now, you know, the driving style now is how hard can you drive the car around the track and say, you know, 15 years ago, it, you, there was a, a traction, how do I want to say it, you know, you, you, had to, you had to drive the car to produce traction a little more, I think. You know, just just from that explanation, it's very, it's, it's very uh, similar to... Like from when motocross, supercross went from two strokes to four strokes, Mm -hmm. like uh, four, two strokes was like all about, you know, technique and, you know, like riding technique and four strokes kind of like almost took that out of the equation. Now you can just grip and rip, you know, just that explanation sounds very, very similar to, you know, the moto two stroke versus four stroke comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. That's very insightful. But there's got to be something that's like, ah, the old days was better. Like, um, well, there's a lot of stuff that it was better, but as far as like, if you were, you know, just getting into it, now everything now is so much easier for the average guy. For say someone like me. There was a lot of stuff back in the you know the old days that I liked better just because you had to be smarter to to be on top, you know. So. So you're saying a, a dumb guy like me can uh, actually probably wield around so track you now? You could easily say racing in the <laughs> 2000s, intelligence not a factor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does for sure. It makes like, sense. Uh, it kind of like you know, makes the the point yeah. like the. The gap between, uh, you know, like pro versus intermediate, like it closes that gap a lot more. 
what I what I see in between Brian's answers is it was a lot harder in those days to buy a car, buy your motors, batteries, tires, and everything, put it all together, and make something out of it versus now what happens is it's almost all done for you. If you don't know how to do the last little thing, somebody's there to help you. And then all you have to do is worry about trying to improve on driving. And if the kids have enough natural ability to drive the car, the stuff is so much easier to get on the track and drive it that they're at a big time advantage over somebody that had to figure all that out in the old days. And I would say that people were a lot more hesitant in the old days to give up a lot of of their, I don't know, secrets or things that they learned because it wasn't available on the internet and set up sheets and all that. Right. Speed controls and, you know, a lot of that stuff wasn't out there. So it was easy for Brian to show up or a Brian type with different things and it not travel via the internet and set up sheets and pictures. And, and, uh, and in those days he was rewarded for putting in the effort versus now he could go to the track and 15 minutes later, his setup and pictures of his car could be on Facebook and his work is basically ruined by somebody that was, had his phone out. Boy, that's that's hitting the nail on the head right there. That draws a, a that you know that paints like a pretty vivid picture of uh, of a comparison between you know '90s and, and current day. Pretty much nailed and that. I mean, we're we're so nice in this industry too to upcoming people that we want to help them, give them advice, and teach them the right way to do things. But I know one thing for sure: once they get to the point where they can race with you they're not going to say, hey, this is the guy that taught me everything. I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. They run you right over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. so, Jason you know, sounds it's like, salty. It's like, hey, thanks, but no thanks, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, it's, it's a little less of a hobby now, I think, in terms of building and preparing the cars and... Um, and it's a little more of like a an RTR. Let, less time in the much less time in the pits these days. Much less time. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's good my discussion take. there. I can dig that. I'm only on question number six here. Um, kind of a big question. Are you still having fun, Brian? Yeah. Oh yeah. Even I mean, you know, even when you're not having fun, you're still having fun. Yeah. That's that's kind of the way I explain it. Is even you know, even the days that don't go good, that you're not having fun, you're still having fun because you wouldn't be there doing it if you weren't. Yeah, I mean, even when you get third or or a bad finish or something, you're upset about how you did, but it's still fun that you're upset about how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, that's good. Makes sense. No doubt. Um, I just, this is kind of, everything's random from my questions, but, like, what, like, what's the most solid advice you can give to somebody trying to 
be good at this? Not just being the hobby, but trying to be really good at it. I would say pay attention. Mm-hmm. The, uh, a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, up-and-coming kids don't, they don't just sit back and, and kind of watch what's going on around them enough where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're constantly going a million miles an hour, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Right. Um, you know, obviously the, the obvious, you know, practice and learn this and that, but there's a, there's a lot to be learned by just, you know, watching other people and paying attention to what, you know, what other people are doing. Yeah. Solid. Uh, yeah. I like it. Um, just kind of another random thing so far in your whole career. Is there anything you would have did different? Um, probably not. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Is there any race that you wish you could have back? No, I know which one's yeah. There's a million. There's a million races that you wanna. You know. Yeah. What's 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 the one that really digs at you? You probably still think about it off and on, maybe to this day. Uh, well, there's a few. I mean, I had, I don't know, I had a couple chances to win. We'll just say win, you know, four wheel drive at the worlds where it just didn't go, you know, my way. But a um, couple, you know, couple two wheel, couple more two wheels that were right in my in my grasp that if I would, you know, would have had over, I would have drove differently type of deal. But, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, the obvious, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd change anything. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to go at this a different angle. How many, um, we talked about this in Finland about a year or two ago, but what most people don't know is Brian's won two worlds, but how many have you gotten second at, Brian? It's like, a lot too. Oh yeah. Uh, four or five. I don't know the number, but there's yeah, easily, easily four or five. Mm. Probably more than that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I there was a couple races. I was I was pretty much at all those races Brian's talking about, but um, there's a couple races I remember that you also won. That it's weird how racing works. There's races where you think you should absolutely win and you don't and there's mm-hmm. races that you have no business winning that you do yep. you know yep. it's like you're you know you're around in third or fourth place and all of a sudden things come together and you're the guy that you know takes advantage and smart enough to finish it off and then there's the races mm-hmm. that your TQ you're dominating and the stupidest thing happens and you don't end up winning and it's just crazy how it works um, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I remember the the truck nationals that we had right after you won the world with Associated. Mm-hmm. But that it was in Michigan with that round straightaway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you drive off into the grass. Yeah, and I just yeah. remember yeah. thinking you had like no business winning that race, and somehow you ended no up business. winning it. Right. Yeah. No business winning that race. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. that and I'm crazy. just thinking, I'm just thinking they're watching the third main going, this guy is magical. How did he win this race? So, yeah. Um, 
you, you don't mm-hmm. you don't forget the ones that like that. You really don't. Yeah. And then for some reason you forget the ones sometimes that that were like the biggest ones, and then you fixate on some of these little things. I don't know why it's like that. No, yeah, like you know, when it's you, you you're always going to remember the ones that you could have, you know, you could have fixed. Yeah. If you, you know, if you could go back and do it again, and those those are. I just say, I'd like to go back to 1996 and bury Chris Bang. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, that wasn't a race that he beat me. That was a race that he destroyed everybody. Like I never, I never even had a chance at that race in two wheel. Yeah, that was a. Hodap was now. A... Hodap would have a probably. He'd have a good story about <laughs> how he was the fastest guy at that race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'd probably be a good guy to have on. I remember it was like yeah. him and Scott Hughes that like they were you know con- mm-hmm. content you know well not really contented but you know Bing kind of laid it down but they were they were within yeah. striking distance I'll say. I just remember, as far as when you're saying paying attention, that I learned a lot about tires that particular race. Yeah. So, yeah. so what happened with that knowledge, Jason? Oh, <laughs> we've all, uh, me and Brian, have both transferred it into winning other races and making tires. Right? Like, how in the hell is this guy kicking our ass with these old ass tires? <laughs> What? Yeah, he was on our he was on our show well, a couple weeks ago saying he ran him for like a month before the nationals. Unreal. He had like thirty yeah. runs on him. Yeah, or something he, like that. he said he like like he, he said he doped him like I don't know like fifty times or something. Some crazy astounding number of uh, yeah. you know times he ran him and, and you know sauced him. And they were softer than soft. Yeah, they were softer than the next thing like Losi or Proline was coming out with really. What I remember about me at that race is I was third qualifier in two-wheel after the first round, and the track got so much faster when the blue groove came up, and I, like, had a bad run in the rocket round. It was, like, in the C-main. Ugh. That's what I remember about my racing there. And I remember Brian winning four-wheel, and I got second. I remember that. Damn. Wow, Jason, that's pretty impressive, actually. I didn't think you were that good. I, I had, couldn't beat Brian with his prototype double X4, though. Oh, oh, man. I remember that. Man. Oh, yeah. That was hot. That was man. the buzz cool. in the pits. Indeed. How long did you have that car, Brian, before the Nationals? Uh, not, no, I, I want to say they brought them, like, they they got them ready type of thing, you know? Like, you didn't, I don't remember looking at that car that much. It was pretty top secret. <clears throat> So pretty much you didn't get no runtime with that, you know, well, just at the Nats, really. I'm sure we did a little bit. I don't, I don't really remember, but I, I remember, like, I remember having a, a magnesium chassis. Oh. Right. That I was, remember that. Yeah. But I don't remember looking at it all that much to where, you know, I knew it had one on there, but... <laughs> That was when, yeah, you know, Lucy was real secretive about everything. That car was a big deal. Yeah. But that thing, still, 
you could take that car the way it was then, it would still be the best four wheel on the track right now. Nobody's improved on that thing. And well, if you talk to some people, it's still Losi's best four wheel car currently. <laughs> oh yeah, they still try to run it. Oh yeah, they try to make it. You know, they try to make it better, but they're just making it worse. So, <laughs> but yeah, that car. That car has always been kind of the standard. You know, if you want to make a four wheel, start with that thing and just make a good drivetrain. It's funny. I bought that car. It didn't really help me out much. Yeah, I don't think that's the car. <laughs> oh okay. Oh. Uh, let's see. One of one of the. Tra- I'll just interject one well, of mine real quick. Back. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Okay, what car were at that race? What car were you driving, Jason? I had a, I guess this was 96, so I had a B2 in two-wheel drive and a Yokomo, right. um, the, the world's car in, in four-wheel drive. Whatever the... Um, yeah, whatever the Yokomo... Dogfighter 9. Right. Which, like, okay, think about that, though. Take You take that, the Losi car and the Yokomo now. Take those two cars and go to any track and race against, you know, just race them against each other. It's not even... That's not even fair. It's not even right. Yeah, like... Yeah, and that was probably the best Yokomo four-wheel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by far. <laughs> I mean, if all the other ones I had, I mean, I love Yokomo, but there was a couple cars we got at the World that were so bad. Um, I went up to uh, Masami's dad when we were in Pomona, and I'm like, I need six rear belts. <laughs> and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, they're like, why? And I'm like, well, we have six qualifiers, and I go through a belt every run. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, just like Brian said, this, that, uh, the Losi four-wheel drive is definitely a great car, and running that Yokomo against that car would be pretty tough today. <clears throat> be like brushless against uh, a D3.5 brushed motor. Yeah, maybe not that bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's some... I'd say that you could you could still make a brush motor pretty yeah let, pretty competitive yeah just give it to Jim Dieter and be like here make this thing fast right well yeah you just gotta work on it every run <laughs> <laughs> yeah but hey, then you have the, that noise yeah. <laughs> kind of nothing like that noise of a brushed motor when your car is running good mm-hmm. that's true now you now it sounds like when you're on the brakes and everything with the brushless it's you know, there's all this grinding and, you know, <laughs> electronical noise between the motor and the speed control and gets kind of, yeah. sounds like a dubstep song out there. <laughs> we, uh, let's see, one of the things that stuck out, like one of those cool, you know, like factory guy, like, oh man, check his car out, it's sick. I don't, I'm not even sure what what car you did it on, or maybe it was all your cars at one point, Brian. You had the blue aluminum screws and in the Allen head. Now I don't know if it was painted or you had like yellow vinyl in all the screw heads. Yeah, that was vinyl. That thing that was so sick, and I immediately took that and just ripped it off and ran with it. 
And my, <laughs> I had, at that time, I had one of the, the street weapons. Oh, rolling, rolling my eyes. But, and, and of course, the street weapon has like, uh, probably like a hundred screws in the damn thing. But, man, I, if I didn't, I cut vinyl out for every one of those things, every one of those screws. And, boy, that car, it looked fast in the pits. I'll just leave it at that. But that was probably one of the coolest things I've seen. Like, you know, factory guys, like, you know, I think guys, I, always, they always have I a special. Jeremy Quartz, I want to say Jeremy Quartz was the first one to do that. No kidding. Yeah. Man, that was sick. And I think it, it was, this was a few months ago, maybe in like half a year ago. Dave Grabowski, we're just chatting on Facebook. He's like, he's like, man, I remember your street weapon. That thing looks so cool with the vinyl and the screw heads. And like, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I straight up stole that from Brian. But yeah, that was. You know what's amazing is the fact that you could actually make a street weapon look cool. True. <laughs> Not easy. <laughs> or fast. That took some. Oh man, I remember. Uh, that took some work. That took a lot of work. Yeah. That was the ugliest fast car on carpet that I've ever seen. But that thing is so mm-hmm. ugly in the pit. <laughs> and like nine hundred pound rated shock springs on those things. Oh my god! I remember when Trinity had those. There was a a purple purple set of springs and a black set of springs. They were so they were unbelievably stiff. It was amazing. But it made that car work good. Well, that and a few other dozen things. That's just mm. one thing that always stuck out of my mind as far as, like, uh, you know, I always, that, you know, I always related that with, with Kinwall, that, and the, the paint job is, you know, like, just super trick stuff. Hey, Jason, what question are you on? I'm on number 12. Um, Brian, tell us about your, your tire, your tire stops, your tire traction. I know, I think you're, selling it out there in Arizona and stuff, can people buy it from you? Um, yeah, it, uh, gosh, it, um, never, I never intended it to be kind of, like, popular or to sell it, except so many people, you know, we started running it here, and so many people liked it, and it just kind of started spreading to where everybody seems to want it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can, uh, I bottle it and sell it and pretty much, uh, somebody's listening that wants it. How do they get it from you? Um, I guess just, uh, hit me up on Facebook is probably the easiest, the easiest way. Just message me on Facebook and I can do it like that. Hey, I was going to ask you a favor, Brian. Can you delete some of your friends so you can add me as a friend? Because you're at your limit. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that Facebook? Come on, um, come on. Does the does, does the tire sauce have a like a name for it? You know, no, no, no. just like Kinwall's tire sauce. Tire sauce. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I say the name that Brent Pelkey came up with? Brent calls it brain damage. <laughs> In- interesting. Contact Brian. Get some tire stuff. There you go, people. You can, you know, if you're not a friend, you can still send a message. So, <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. But yeah, but do that for me, Brian. Just get on there and just find some clown that you don't talk to and just delete them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Chris Bing. Are you on Facebook much then, Brian? No. Um, I try. I mean, I try to like post stuff on there, but you know, pictures and whatever. But as far as uh, keeping up with the the messages and friend requests and all that, it's just a big, yeah, crazy thing. What's the What's your next race? I'm going to uh, Wisconsin. I think two days. Right. That's the short course showdown at Trackside. Yeah. Short course showdown. For the guys that don't know, I know last year Brian won a lot of the short course showdown races in two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. I think you won both at a couple races, right, Brian? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. One of them was tagged one of the greatest, well, one of the greatest short course races that you'll watch, and and I clicked on it. And it was Kenwald against somebody. It was a really close race. I, actually, I watched that as well. It was awesome. Yeah, I think it was from a year ago. All that I remember is that track had like a, it kind of well, not even an over under, just like you would jump over the straightaway. That's one thing that stuck out in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was one of those uh, definitely an exciting race. Did uh, did you race over the weekend, Brian? Yeah, we did a. Uh... Had a series race Sunday that didn't go so great. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, normally I I would race, you know, a couple times during the weekend. We got a we got a race coming up in Arizona called the Dirt Invert in uh, in May. Did you guys yep. did you guys hear about that? Uh, yes, I I'm have. actually on my phone, and that's that's the first post on Brian's uh, Facebook. There May you go. 20, May 25th through 26th, uh, one hobbies. There you go. Yep. Got uh, got the iconic paint job there right on it, right on the uh, on the flyer. Brian, I used to I used to hear stories back in the day, Brian, that you would be sitting at home and it'd be like three in the morning. You would think of something, and then there was a track right by your house that at that time, and you would mm-hmm. just go out there in the middle of the night and try something. Yeah. Because you pretty much had, like, the keys of the place. Yeah. Not an urban legend. That's truth. No. That is true. There was, I wouldn't say, like, you know, a million times, but there was, there was, there was a few times that happened, so. You made a lot of your own stuff, right, with the Dremel? Yeah, yeah. Try something out and then run down there and see what it does. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Sweet. We never had that around here, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no track by us. It's four hours away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. No, this was, yeah, like three minutes. <laughs> mm. Sweet. So Kirby and I have been out of it. Uh, we, we, you know, we both worked at Trinity. We were, you know, we got away from RC for a while, and we just came back in uh, 2012, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just kind of, like, started this podcast up, and, uh, you know, and we were kind of, you know, we were just, so who's who's the man now? You know, we didn't know who was what was going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the question I want to ask is, I remember you from just being, like, anywhere you went. It was either you or Francis just chasing each other. Mm-hmm. When did when did that all start dying down and like you know like when did the new because you always get these new wave of kids and right. that come up through when did that start 
you know, what year would would you say that started dropping off a little and you noticed that competition was really coming up on you? Um, what year, Jason? Like, the world's in Florida. About 2004, I'd say. Yeah, right. around there. Basically, what, what I saw is um, Brian started running a lot of touring car, and he almost started doubling the amount of races he was going to because back in the old days, we didn't have a very busy, like, road schedule. Like, you know, there was there was the World, the National, the Winter Chance, the Reedy Race. But now um, these guys that are racing, you know, 8th scale and 10th scale, like the Mayfields. And so I think, to me, what it looked like is Brian took on a lot of touring car racing. He dabbled in a little gas truck and 8th scale. And I think there was a couple years there where um, like the, the Cavalieries and the Mayfield and Tebow, um, they kind of got into 10th off-road and, and they got a lot faster while Brian was racing touring car was my opinion. And then once they kind of got a hold of winning some races, it was hard to hold those guys back from winning more races. Mm-hmm. Wow, but it's it's like it's like everybody's race schedule went from Y race mod truck two wheel mod and sometimes four wheel to two wheel four wheel mod truck touring car gas truck a little bit of eight scale. So that like beginning of the two thousands was pretty crazy, and Losi trying to develop their touring car program. I know Brian was really involved in that. And I think it, from my perspective, it took a little bit of energy off of the off-road side and allowed some of those guys to slip in there. And once they did, um, now you're talking about a tough top five or top six where it was mm-hmm. only used to be, you know, only really used to be tough for, you know, you and those guys or maybe one or two guys really only had something where now, you know, there's five or six guys at the top. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like it started changing to me, the 2004 area. Well, while Kinwald was racing, like, literally everything. There was yeah. a handful of fast guys just only running off-road. Yeah. Well, was, was that sponsorship obligation, or was that just something you wanted to dabble in because you kind of got maybe burned out a little from just racing off-road? Um, probably a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I never, there was never anything I didn't want to race, you know, but obviously yeah. at the time, you don't think, you know, you you never think one thing's going to hurt the other, so. Yeah, for for like the, the these new guys that, you know, they just see Brian racing off-road, uh, pretty much, pretty much fast and good and whatever, you know. I remember some some of the uh, Cleveland indoor champs, twelve scale touring car, whatever. It didn't matter, you know. What do you can What do you consider the perfect? Now we're we're talking about ten scale off road. What do you consider the like the perfect driving style? Like maybe today, what 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 does it look like in your mind that you're supposed? Are you supposed to be out of control and really edgy, or you you know what does it look like? I talk about this with people a lot. Um, well, yeah, it's a, just on the edge of out of control. I mean, that's, (laughs) you know, like, there's not, there's not a lot of finesse anymore. 
But if you can put the two together, then I think you have something better. But you got to know, you know, you still got to be able to drive hard enough to go fast. Mm-hmm. And to do that, it's really hard to make it look good. Yeah, if you can uh, be the Ryan Villapoto of RC, then you got it done. And another another uh, moto comparison. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider him to have that much finesse, but yeah, he's yeah. He, he, does, he does put both together, but he's more on the out of control. Yeah, right. He he's like, got I, a little I more con- a little more finesse than than Stewart these days. Well, or yeah, he's not crashing all the time. But checkers are wreckers, right? You can you can definitely say that Dungey looks a, a lot smoother going around the track than Villapoto does. True, he's got some more technique, finesse, action to him than all out, you know, just blazing speed. Right. So, who do you like to watch Good. when you're at the when you're at the cactus when you're at the Reedy race? Who like who do you get out? to the track to make sure you watch and who do you like actually like smile and laugh at while you're watching oh Mayfield for sure I mean nobody right. you know there's nobody in RC that can put on a show like he can and as far as you know having that aggression and control at the same time he's probably the best at it there's a there's a damn compliment for you Mayfield <laughs> And as far as laughing, I I kind of laugh when I see Jason Rona race on Live RC. <laughs> You're like, I'm, it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, we're down to, like, three questions I have left. Brian is known as, like, the tire glue expert master. He, uh... You know, cuts tires in half, put them back together, cuts them by width. He'll do anything with tires to go fast. Um, what what got you into that, Brian? I know there's there's a tire called the BK Bar that's named after you. You have made a ton of handmade tires that you drive with. What what got you into that and known for that? I guess. Um, it had to be Masami. Just, uh, you know, back in the day, going, you know, going to races, getting next to him, watching him, you know, he was obviously, like, the first person to, well, maybe not the first person, but took it to a whole new level. You know, like, I remember going to a race, seeing him literally have, you know, a tire that had no, no pins on it, and then a parts box with little sections of all different types of pins and he would just glue the pins on the tire and make his own design. What? And, oh, yeah. oh my God. So whatever track and see, you know, you see that and you think like, okay, there's nothing that I'm going to do that can really, you know, <laughs> match He's already that. at the so, top level. Right. Exactly. So that, wow. That was the inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. We uh, kind of a, something that you know Brian races for us. He we work on a lot of projects together. Um, we got a we got a tire 
coming out down the line later this year that kind of has a um, kind of a name shout out to, to Brian, so everybody can kind of look forward to that. Ooh, what about that Rip tire? Right. Uh, Rip Radio Impound Podcast is that the tire? Is that ours? Is that no. ours? <laughs> That's not ours. We so, we made that before you guys were around, actually. I don't know about that. So we're not going to see anything on the back end of those tire sales. Damn it! You were you were talking about a cease and desist earlier. We might have to serve one to you. <laughs> All right, let's forget about that. We felt kind of, we were like, we saw that on Live RC, I think it was. Yeah. I, or somewhere, and we felt kind of honored. I, then we're like, well, wait a minute, that's not our logo. You know, as, you, as we usual, have, we're late on all the cool info, you know? Yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a guy that races um, with us named Tracy Carver, and we have a tire uh-huh. ca- called Carver's, and <laughs> he'll run that tire all the time. Like no matter what, <laughs> just because it, it says Carver's on it, he's running the tire. I don't blame him. What are you running, my and tire? It's you know, it's like a rib front tire. It could be blue groove. It could be asphalt. What whatever the conditions are, <laughs> it's like what front tire are you running? Oh, I'm running Carver's. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. That's- well, we expect a, a a rip tire, you know, a radial impound tire or a Gotti Jr. K hand, some kind of tribute to us. We'd love it. We wouldn't ask for anything. Well, maybe not. The seven XL version. Uh, yes. Just the tread. Uh, just the tread is just seven XLs all over. Probably work good too. So, hey, if uh, I, if I have to get back into racing to test these tires, I will. Okay. So I was going <laughs> to ask Brian if he's got if he wants to give like some of his sponsors or people that. Mentors or anything, any shout outs kind of along the way? Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just thank your first talk. You know, yeah, like, as of right now, I could, yeah, definitely just uh, thank Associated J Concepts. And if we were to start from the beginning, it would almost be everybody in RC. That would be the list. (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be. I was going to say, it has to be almost everybody. Yeah. Was there a mentor though? Um, yeah, you could say. I mean, you could say like Cliff Lett, Gil Osi Jr. would be, you know, two people that I learned, you know, on both sides quite a bit from. But you could also say, you know, somebody like Masami who was just there a lot, who had, you know, a lot of knowledge. That just watching him, you know, same thing. The main one's Jason Rona. That's what yeah, Jason was waiting for. <laughs> Another thing about Brian is he's a big trendsetter. You talked about his paint job. I have that as a question. Does he think he's a trendsetter? Do I? Do you think you're a trendsetter, Brian? Oh, do I think I am? Like I can't, I can't really be like too candid on that because I try pretty hard to be a trendsetter. You know, like if you're going to put that much effort into doing some totally useless cool stuff then obviously you're you're you know you want everybody to follow it even if you're that's not your intention at the time but i i have to believe that somewhere inside me i'm trying to do that without knowing it yeah yeah i like yeah. that absolutely 
I just I have way too much fun doing doing cool stuff that might not necessarily make your car go any faster, but everybody will think it's cool and they'll want to do it too. Guilty right here. So you're playing mind games. <laughs> yeah, get, uh, try to get everybody to blow their garage up <laughs> <laughs> somehow. With yeah. Mm. Well, that's what Matt Francis. We had you know when we had Matt Francis on the show. That's what he was talking about. He he just uh, loved trying different things. Like oh yeah. Well, back then, yeah, back then there was so much more to try. Like you know, it's almost evolved to where you know. We've kind of hit a, just hit a wall on setup that all the cars are, you know, it's almost like Touring Car did, you know, a few years back where all the cars are almost the same car now, even though, you know, by looking at them, you wouldn't think, but they're not, they're not going to the next level. Someone needs to take it to a whole nother level and start over again so that, you know, it becomes interesting for the average racer. That's not the best, you know, route. But if you like tinkering with stuff and you're more like the hobbyist type thing we were talking about, that's mm-hmm. where you have your fun. You know, the guys that the guys that aren't necessarily that good at driving, those are the guys that love, you know, messing with setup and tinkering with their car nonstop. And they're also the ones that complain the most. <laughs> but that's what they love to do. You know, that's where they're having their fun. Makes sense. What okay. do you think? What do you think of the mid the mid motor situation, Brian? I know you ran the X Factory, mm-hmm. which was mid motor for a long time. Now, a lot of the cars are coming with that option. Like, what do you think of that whole um, craze here for us in the dirt? I know, you know, we know on carpet or astroturf, super high traction. It's been run a lot already. But what do you think for us and our general? dirt racing where do you think it's going um i don't know i mean i you know i had it it took me it gosh it took me a good two years to get the x factory car to where it was competitive now there was a few races where a mid-motor car wouldn't have been you know the obvious choice and just based off my car and lap times compared to, say, you know, uh, Mayfield or Cavalieri or whoever, me being equal to them, if not faster at times, and then take, you know, a half a second off of driving, that just tells me that there's, there is some potential there. I don't know where or why, but it definitely ha- has its moments. You know, like it's, uh-huh. it's not a bad thing. Just as the track's loose doesn't mean it can't work. Right. But it's so it's so new that, you know, nobody really has that part of it figured out. Now, like you said, on AstroTurf, grass, all that, they got it, you know, they got it tuned in to that. But when it comes to dirt, it's kind of, it's kind of a new thing still. But it's, it's not bad for sure. I... I have a, I I like to think that there's a possibility that we haven't even explored a a good setup for a rear motor car that is supposed mm-hmm. to work in a condition that a mid motor car is supposed to work. So mm-hmm. I guess what I'm thinking, 
there is still a potential in my mind that says we haven't maximized the rear motor setup in a condition that has a ton of traction. We rely on the drivers and the talon and the tires so much that we haven't really expanded the setup on those cars. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, too. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of potential out there. And the way, you know, just kind of RC, like I said, kind of RC's kind of hit a wall with design, car design. And it's almost, you know, there's almost so much you can do with what we have now. That doesn't mean, you know, you can't do it with setup, but... Yeah, basically what you're saying is as long as you have the servo with the battery behind it, with the transmission behind it, and big bore shocks, something's got to change in that whole package to be a little different so we can kind of move forward. Right, yeah. Like like lap time-wise, you know, like you're only going to go so fast with the geometry that we have, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. Eight scale shocks, that's my answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big bore? Big bore, why not bigger bore? Ah, there you go. Or, Jason, you need to get on those... Uh, I see Proline, Proline got those air shocks out for uh, April Fool's. So you need to get on that. Yeah, that was a could, that was a fun joke. Could be the next. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that was a joke, all right? <laughs> so we well, have some. You had some email questions for Brian. We got Gotti. <clears throat> um, this here's from Mike Burris. Uh, he asked. Uh, Ask BK, how would you rank the RC talent pool by state? Top five. So who would you say is like the top state? I guess you would have to say Arizona is the top state for talent because you got Mayfield and Kinwald there. We could say, well, right, Mayfield Mayfield is the exception. But if you take Mayfield out of it, it's harder not to go with California. I think Jason wanted to hear Florida. (laughs) After, well, you got to think. I mean, the only two places I've lived, California, Arizona, I'd say, you know, they're both pretty good as far as just talent-wise. But after that, it's it could be pretty equal with another, you know, gosh, I don't know. There could be, well, maybe not that many, I guess. Arizona at number one, we'll say, because of Kenwald. Number two, Cali, because uh, we'll put Cali down a list further. How about no. that? Jeez. <laughs> Florida number two. <laughs> no, I'm, go ahead. Well, so we got California uh, at number one, probably, obviously. Yeah. Cause, so you could man. say, you know, I'd say Florida. Florida would have to be third. Yeah. But uh, Texas, Texas, I'd, I'd say it's pretty, I don't know, talent-wise, I'd say it's decent. But you know what's really hard to tell? Um what I've found yeah, traveling to these races is is a guy just fast on his home track or can this guy travel and do exactly you know, do something anywhere else because especially when you go well, to an indoor track. Yeah, I learn a lot at the short course showdown races when I'm getting I'm getting beat by, you know, guys that 
in their area, they're popular, but I've never heard of them. I don't know who they are. And mm-hmm. you think, yeah, you think like, is this guy, you know, just fast here at his track or is he fast all over? And, you know, there's times when, yeah, sure. You're, you know, there's a guy that's, that's his home track and that's, that's his place and that's all he can do. But then, you know, yeah. like a few weeks ago, I got beat by, uh, two different guys. I ended up getting third and, you know, they just knew the track. They just drove the track better than I did. And, you know, like I wasn't slow by no means. My, everything was working great. Um, but these two guys, you know, I didn't know who they were, but then I come to find out, you know, they're both sponsored. They've won, you know, like stock nationals or whatever, you know, like just stuff that I didn't know about them, but at least it made me feel a little better that they weren't, you know, like some slapper. Wonders, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But right on. there's a, there's a lot, there's, there is a lot of talent out there that is undiscovered for sure. You just mm. don't always know where it is. Yeah. You don't hear about these guys. So yeah. we got uh, California at number one, Arizona number two, Florida number three, Texas number four, and number five we'll say Pennsylvania because Kirby Hand resides there. Uh, yeah. Yay! Seven-time national champ, Kirby uh, Hand. Yeah, seven. Come on, Brian got like thirty-five. Let's not bring up seven. All right. Yeah, we got an oval. You got an oval. That's a lot harder than. <laughs> hey, when you yeah, but if you, you know, you, if you looked at that list, I'm sure that list mm-hmm. drops pretty quickly. After you know, two or you can say like me, Cavallari, Mayfield. You know, maybe like Cavitas, and then you know, as far as off road goes, mm-hmm. you could you, you you got it's a pretty short list to where it turns into like one and two and zeros. Nice. I'm thinking like I'm not positive, but if I had to guess, I think the only, the better question, Mike Burris, would have been who has the what states have the hottest chicks. Top five. <laughs> now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, that's a better question. Well, that could be everywhere. You just gotta find them. Mm. Jason seems I to like find the... them all the time. Whoa! <laughs> Hope Allison isn't listening. Trophy girls. He's always got the, the trophy girls. He does, I, and I watch his interviews. He's surrounded by these chicks in his interviews. Right? Man. I don't know how well. Honestly, I don't know how we got away with it back in the day. You know, like, I never was involved in that or paid attention to that, but there were some trophy girls at some races that, like, as far as the family, you know, the family sport thing, mm-hmm. I mean, you can go back and look at pictures where, you know, there's trophy girls in bikinis, and it's yeah. not right. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, beyond family sport. <laughs> Oriented, yeah. Mm. I no you. one thought anything we were, about it back then. We right. thought that we were was ahead normal. Of our time. Yep. Yeah. Way ahead. RC of our was time. ahead of our time. Yep. Yeah. Mark yeah. makes a lot. I had some alone time with those uh, RC car action <laughs> magazines when I was thirteen. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Hello. The show just took a dive. I'm kidding. I know. Come I on. know. Or am I? All right. Um, we had one voicemail question real quick here, and this is uh, – let me play this here quick for you. Hi, guys. It's Brian from WFO Raceway. 
my question is, do you think there should be a pro class and that they only run that only pros run in and pay and have a purse to pay out to the drivers? Hmm. Um well, it's not a bad idea. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, you never know until you try it if it'll actually work. Um obviously there are some races that that kind of do that, but it's not, I guess, just regulated the pros, really. Like, anybody, you know, any anybody could sign up for that class, uh, I guess. But if you did it, it would, it would basically, yeah, it would just have to come down to what, you know, what's constituted as a pro and which guys, yeah. you know, think they're a pro and which guys, you know, yeah, how do you Art. how do you separate them? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, by definition, it I guess would be you know you're getting paid, you're actually getting paid salary by the company to race, right. but then how many guys? You know, like there aren't that many guys to really have a full class at that many events. Right. How do you distinguish that? Who's running that first class? Yeah, probably be the hardest right. deal. Yeah. But yeah, the money thing, you in, know. When it comes to RC, the word pro is way overused because there really is only about 20 pros, and everybody right. else is basically an expert. There's only X amount of people that get paid to do it. Everybody right. else that's good is an expert, and then everybody else is basically a hobbyist or a sportsman or a beginner or a novice, however they want to. Right. Intermediate, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Reedy race to have over thirty drivers in the invitational class, but they're really not pros either. You know, there's right. only you know maybe only halfway down are really pros. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people call me pro when I race in Florida. I'm like, I'm not mm. not a pro. Like I'm an expert. Sure you are. Maybe I was, maybe I was a pro at one point, but like I'm not a pro now. So it's like, you know, then people say that they go to a Nitro race and they're racing with a bunch of pros and I'm like, well, Cavalry's at home, Mayfield's at home, Tebow's at home. I'm like, well, who, who, who are the pros you're racing? They can't. Yeah. You know? It's funny, but, but yeah, that that's the way we work. Yeah. Everything well, is not right. If you, you know, for an answer for the question, if if you were to to try to do that that type of class. And you made it pretty lenient on the word pro, you know, like a sponsored driver is a pro. Um, and there was a cash payout. I, you know, nowadays, nowadays it would work fine. Most of the guys have contingency to where, you know, they get some kind of bonus if they win or do good. And the money factor, you know, putting money into the mix nowadays isn't, isn't nearly as bad as it would have been back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Like guys can guys can still race clean for money. Kind of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, we got we got one more question from Bu Curly. He asks, uh, "Does Brian still use BK pitch pinions and spurs?" <laughs> Smile, smiley face. No, I don't. <laughs> I use <laughs> J Concepts. Ooh. Gears. Shameless plug. 
Wink, wink. Got the shout che- out. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail, Kinwald. Kinwald's yeah. <laughs> a pro. And you got them answering the right way, don't you? <laughs> if you think about that, though, like, I don't know why that never really took off. I mean, it kind of did, but that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what pitch was that again? Was it 50? It was. 56? Yeah. All right. But a lot of guys, I remember a good friend of mine, Brian Roeder, he, he, he loved using them. Yeah, no, they were they worked really well. Yeah, he said uh, he loved how it got him through the turns. It you, you could definitely the feel the difference. I mean, I guess for off road, you know, it's maybe not the most durable, but there there was never really a problem with them. I don't think. Well, that was a good idea you had there. Yeah. Either way, yeah, worked out pretty good. Yeah. Well, we had a couple more questions for you, but unfortunately, the one guy that called in from uh, the area code, uh, I don't have it in front of me here, but I think it was from New York. His dog was barking constantly in the background, and uh, I can't even play it. Well, you have no idea how lucky we've been for the last <laughs> couple hours or whatever it is. But right, because I'm I'm lit- I'm sitting here with two dogs and two cats who have been silent, which oh, nice. that doesn't happen ever. <laughs> like I was. Yeah. I was going to have to go do the Jason thing and sit in my car because <laughs> I was convinced they were just going to be like nonstop going nuts. They've been pretty good. Yeah, we were fortunate. Um, yeah, well, we don't want to take uh, – man, like you said, we've been here for a few hours. Great time. I mean, this is – you know, we thank you for being on the show. Yes, many thanks. Cool. Thank you. The audi- our, our audience will be super pumped. Uh, we got to thank Jason Rona for uh, getting you on the show there. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Rona. Yeah. There we go. Jason said when Jason said he went down to Cocoa Beach last week. That's what he heard as soon as he got on the beach. <laughs> Took his shirt off. That's actually, if I take my shirt off, that doesn't happen. But if it, the body comes off of the B4, that's what it sounds like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get, have you on the show more often. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. And like I said, get get on Facebook and delete somebody and add add Gotti Junior. Yeah. And okay. and I actually just sent a friend's request as well. <laughs> wink, wink. But, uh, Wait, how did you send it? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I got accepted. I don't know. I tried. It just uh, said he's at his limit. Uh, uh, I don't know. All right. I think if you hey, just do it by message, I can find it. It's it's right. finding it that's the hard part. <laughs> right, I'm sending I'm sending you a message right Exclusive now. Exclusive interview when when J Concepts drops these new tires. I'm sending a message that says add me. <laughs> <laughs> Delete message. <laughs> Delete message. I don't want to talk to those clowns again. It's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> well, I totally appreciate it, Brian. I um, have a I came up with those questions pretty quick, but I'm sure. I could do 400 more, but yeah. Anyway, totally appreciate it. Um, no, no problem. I'll be talking. I'll be talking to you this week when you're heading up to the race, and we got some stuff we're sending to you this week, so you can test that when you get back. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, cool. Once again, we thank you, Radio Impact Radio Impact Podcast. Thanks you very much, and uh, we're expecting we we will have tons of positive feedback from this interview for sure. So uh, awesome. once again, thanks for giving us some uh, some of your time, and uh, 
Good. And we got to get some uh, decals out to Brian. So we need we need to get your address, Brian. So uh, we'll text back and forth on that. Okay. Cool. We'll send you some Ripple it logos because as me and Kirby were talking about this week, we have the coolest logo yeah, no, no, in the RC industry. No period. offense, Jason. Your stuff looks good, but our oh, logo is shit. definitely the hottest. You got to admit, our logo is <laughs> sick. So it is sick. All right. <laughs> Well, all right, Brian. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks, Brian. Cool. And, uh, yep. Good luck in you. uh, your upcoming races. Thank you very much. Thanks. Right, there uh, you have it. Awesome. Brian Kinwald. There we go. Multi world champ, multiple national championships. Can't even count them. Above thirty. Straight up, straight up RC legend. That's that and, sums uh, it up. You know, just a great ambassador for his sport, man. Indeed. You know, I, I was going to tell him I. I think I first met Kinwald back in '94. Did I uh, hang up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> hey, great. Well, we're bragging about you. God, lucky just we didn't go into our trash mode. <laughs> right. Just, just, just in case there's something you don't want me to hear. <laughs> he was hanging in there to see. <laughs> <laughs> smart man. Not only is he a great RC racer, he's just uh, all around smart. All right, Brian. Okay, I'll hang, hang up. up. All right, later. <laughs> <laughs> later. See you, right. See you buddy. No, what were you saying? Oh, that clown. Classic. <laughs> oh, 90, yeah, that was good. That was a rip first right there. You think you met him? Great time. Met him in 94, you were going to say? Oh. oh, yeah, real quick. I met him in 94. I was traveling to a race with, I believe, Brian Roeder. Ah. And, uh, uh yeah, I forget what, where it was at, but, um, you know, didn't, didn't even know, you know, I don't even know where the hell we were at. We were in a hotel room, and Rotor had to go get some tires or something, and it happened to be Brian Kinwald's room. Oh. And his entourage was in there, and they're all working on their cars and stuff, and, you know, Brian was really cool. He wasn't, like, you know, he's really cool to me, didn't know me, but we are just sitting there BSing about racing and stuff. And Yeah, you think, yeah. You, you know, like, some guys would give you the rock star treatment, like, you know, <laughs> what, you know, whatever. But yeah, at that time I was like, ah, Kenwald's in there. I'm not going in there, dude. Yeah. You know, I get shut and, down. Uh, but he he was yeah. I uh I was at the 2000 Nationals in Georgia, and uh, me and a couple buddies we had just um, it was like a practice day, and we came back and we were going to go out that night, and we came back, you know, late at night. You know, it was like one in the morning, two in the morning, and and uh, we we're walking down the hallway. You know how the races are. And, um, we see, I see Brian's room still open, still open. So I walk in there and he's laying on his bed, like, and he's, uh, he's sleeping. Like he's got his eyes closed and like his room is like, all, every light is on. Every RC piece of equipment is out being wrenched on. There's like two guys in there, but Brian's sleeping. And I'd walk in and I'm just like, I'm like, man, if this guy looks so cute, I want to go hug him right now. And like one of his eyes opens up and he goes, "Don't even think about it." <laughs> oh man! All right, well, Rip Nation, uh, enjoy that one. Feel free to uh, comment and inflate our egos uh, on that awesome interview. So uh, until next time, later, guys.